Sunday Middle Church. It's Reverend Natalie coming to you from the James Baldwin Lawn in St. Nicholas Park here in Harlem, where the sun is shining, the birds are singing, just to wish you a happy pride. <laughs> I can't believe we're almost halfway through the month, but I'm really glad that you're here to worship with us and let's get on into it. But before we do, we like to take a deep centering breath together. Come, let us worship God. words we use have power. They have the power to make somebody feel really special and happy. They have the power to make someone feel really angry and frustrated. And they have the ability to make someone feel really sad or cry or feel really bad about themselves. Now let me ask you this. If our words have so much power, don't think we should be really careful and thoughtful about the words we use? Well, and if that's true, wouldn't we want the words we use to make somebody feel really good inside? 
And if that's true, don't you think we should ask somebody what words feel best to them before we use any to describe them? For instance, this month at Middle, we've been celebrating pride and honoring all the different gender identities and sexual orientations that God created and all of the amazing LGBTQIA2S plus folks who make our communities and our church a way better place. And words are really important to the queer community because for so long, we weren't able to define ourselves on our own terms and using words that feel best to us. Instead of calling somebody by a word that doesn't make them feel good, we can ask first how people want to be called. This is especially important for our transgender and non-binary and gender non-conforming siblings who might use they, them pronouns or who might not be a boy or a girl, or maybe they're both. And it's important for LGBTQ friends who might call themselves a word that maybe we haven't heard before, like bisexual or pansexual or queer. God gave us words because she knew that they had the power to make a difference. So whenever we can, let's be kind and caring in our actions, sharing God's love to everyone by remembering that our words are powerful and we should use them very, very carefully. Let's pray together. Dear God, thank you for the gift of words, which we can use to tell others how much we see them and honor them and validate them. Help us to remember to always ask first before using word that might not feel good to somebody else. Amen. My name is Graham Bridgman, and my pronouns are he, him, and his. I'm a friend of Middle Church, and I spent several years here as a member, under care, and also on the board. And I'm now in the ordination process with the Presbyterian Church USA, so I am delighted to be invited back to worship with you all. Uh, this is Middle Rising. It's the part of the worship where you hear a bit about what's going on in the life of the church, and also how we're living into who God wants us to be. As we approach Juneteenth, we rise as we demand freedom for all Black people, and as we celebrate Black resilience and joy. I hope you have your ticket to join us for the Juneteenth benefit. It's this Saturday, June 19th at 6 p.m. And you should also be sure to mark your calendars and make plans for the following day, Sunday, June 20th at 1 p.m. We're hosting a virtual teach-in with the Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis and Professor Annette Gordon-Reed, who is the author of On Juneteenth, 
It's gonna be really awesome and you're not gonna to wanna to miss it. And while we're talking calendars, I have two more dates for you. June is also Pride and all month we are celebrating the divinity of queer and trans people. So you are invited to join us this Tuesday, June 15th at 7 p.m. for a queer roundtable discussion as we learn from ancestors in queer history. And the last date to keep an eye on is June 27th. That's the last Sunday in June. We will have a table at Pride Fest and we'll also be marching with our interfaith partners at Reclaim Pride. And finally, have you noticed the new look? If you haven't, you should really head to www.middlechurch.org to take a look at our brand new website. It's really beautiful and we're excited for you to have a look. Now, Middle family, I invite you to find a posture of prayer that feels good in your body. And let us continue to worship God with the prayers of the people. Will you pray with me? Holy God, fluid of form and fluid of name, eternal and present in the now and the not yet, divine and uncreated, hear our prayers. God, we come into your presence, a people shaped by carceral logics and stamped by surveillance states that order our reality and tell us who we are. Forgive us, God, for we have believed the lies and in our fear we have willingly embraced constructs of our own making. Certain we must conceal or fix that within us which was never intended for shame and convinced that killing some part of us will protect us from those who mean us harm. God of the oppressed, freer of captives, breaker of chains and lover of our souls, we pray for a shattering of the certainty that separates us from ourselves and from each other. God of creation and God of comfort, in life and in death, we belong to you. So teach us to dance with our ghosts, to laugh with our echoes, to love now deeply and well, for tomorrow is not promised. And we know that life shines brightly on amidst the stories of death that seek to define us. God who cannot be constrained by name or thought or human understanding, hold us in the unformed places, in the reformed places in the space beyond legibility. We cry out to you in all our humanity, creation reaching for its creator, seeking connection to that which is greater than everything and capable of holding those present futures that we cannot even think without risking our carefully constructed realities. Give us rest beyond a need for comprehension Give us strength, unlike the powers and principalities of this world. Show us life, lived as a celebration of holy imagination and divinely embodied joy, risk and ritual, in silence and shouting, in laughter and weeping, and in constant revelation, as we pray together in many voices, in many languages, using the words that Jesus taught us. Ever-loving and holy God, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. for peace is Shalom. In Arabic it's Salam. It doesn't just mean the absence of war. It means the presence of well-being, wholeness, spiritual, mental, and physical health. On this Pride Sunday, from our family to yours, may peace be with you. Now and always. Hold on just a little
Today's reading comes from Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. Let us be present for the word of God. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abram fell on his face and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you so much, everyone, for this beautiful worship. Happy Pride, middle family. Happy Pride. I'm Jackie Lewis. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm delighted to have you with us in worship this morning. Please say a prayer with me, please. Holy One, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And as we seek to hear a word from you, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, God, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. Friends, the story of Abraham, Sarah, Hagar, Ishmael, and Isaac travels across chapters in the book of Genesis. There is likely more than one author telling this story of promise and covenant, of relationship and identity, of destiny and progeny. But no matter, God is really the star of this story. It's God who calls Abram, tells him to take all this stuff and all his people and all his things and get on the move toward a new destination. It is God who promises land, who promises to old people, very old people, that they will be ancestors to multitudes, to kings. It is God who watches Abram and Sarah take matters in their own hand as they get Abram to marry then impregnate Hagar, an African woman, an Egyptian woman, handmaid to Hagar. It is God who notices as Hagar um, is, receives the scorn of Sarah, as Sarah gets resentful and puts her out of doors. It's God who names Ishmael who sees Hagar out in the wilderness, who rescues them both in their thirst and in their hunger. It is God who is named by Hagar, Elroy, God who sees me. It is God, let me pause to say, named by an Egyptian woman, an enslaved woman, an African woman. The first woman to encounter an angel, a messenger from God in the Hebrew scriptures. The first person to have this experience and also the only person in the Hebrew Bible to give God a name. She names God out of her experience. 
She names God out of her theological wrestling. She names God as she evolves from enslavement and powerlessness, even of her body, as she exists in an arranged marriage, as she's put out full of life, expected with child, as she gives birth to a boy, as she languishes in the wilderness, she names God Elroy because God sees her and God keeps promises because Hagar is promised to be a mother of a nation and she is the progeny of Ishmael, our plenty, Muslims all over the globe. God is the lead character in this story that is full of naming moments. 13 years after the birth of Ishmael, for whatever reason, is the God of many names, Elroy, Elohim, Yahweh, I am who I am. It's this God who decides that there's another child needed in order to fulfill the promise. It's God who announces the miraculous pregnancy once again to this 90-year-old plus couple, the boy child that will be born to them. It's God who changes Sarai's name to Sarah, princess, perhaps because she'll be mother to kings. It is God who changes Abram's name to Abraham, from exalted father to father of multitudes. And just like God named Hagar's son, Ishmael, God who listens, God named Sarah's boy, Isaac, one who laughs because Sarai and Abraham crack up when God tells them that they're going to produce a child out of their ancient loins. God changes the name of Sarah and Abraham because there's a new covenant, a new partnership, a new everlasting covenant that is for them and for generations upon generations to come. Sarah and Abraham are not just two individuals now in a relationship with God. They represent the people, the peoplehood. Their role is for all the nations, for all of the people who will flow from their fruit. So it's not just about them now. It's an outward-facing covenant in which God will be God to Abraham and Sarah, but also to their people, to their children. This name change signals a new relationship an evolving new relationship. And God who is God all the time, God who will have many names, God who receives the name from a black outsider, Elroy, wears that new name like any of us who want to be desperately seen, known, and loved. That God in this new moment with Sarah and Abraham introduces a new name for the new moment, God calls God's self El Shaddai. You heard it read today, God Almighty, that English translation comes from some Greek and Latin understandings of the word, but let me talk a little bit about El Shaddai. I'm a nerd and I love digging into these texts and the etymology of these words. Shaddai appears 48 times in the Bible, seven times as El Shaddai, five times in Genesis, first in the text we heard today. Thank you so much for reading. Once in Exodus and once in Ezekiel. The first time that we hear this text, God says to Abraham, I am El Shaddai, hear and obey. Similarly, in Genesis 35, God introduces God's self to Jacob and says, I'm El Shaddai, be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations will come from you. So what does El Shaddai mean? 
But one theory is that Shaddai is a derivative of the word Shadu, which means mountain in Hebrew. God of the mountains, God of the mountaintop. The Latin and the Greek end up with God Almighty because of the word mountain. But when they do that, they a little bit put God in a box. Stay with me here. Another understanding is that Shaddai might be related to the Hebrew word Shaddad, which means to overpower or destroy. And this refers to God's absolute power, God who will triumph over every obstacle and every opposition. Okay, good, good, like that. But in fact, not in theory, the word Shaddai comes from the root word Shad. Shad. Shad means breast. Shaddai is plural for breasts. El Shaddai means the many-breasted one, the many-breasted one. Now, you might have mountainous breasts, but it means the many-breasted one. The many-breasted one is likely able to overcome all opposition and is full of power. But there is also the sense that the many-breasted one is the nurturing, providing, supplying, life-giving God. Hence, in this whole you know, narrative with Sarah and Abraham, God introduces God's aspect that will partner with them to make some babies and keep the babies alive. When God wants Sarah and Abraham to participate in the birthing of new life, in the nurturing of a new covenant, God introduces herself as the many-breasted one. It is possible that El Shaddai is an ancient name referring to the creator as the ultimate maternal provider. Why? Because in ancient agrarian cultures, mother goddess worship was so prevalent. Hello, my friends who believe in goddesses. In Exodus, God gave the name El Shaddai to Moses, but also added an additional name, an additional identifier. Y-H-W-H. Some say Yahweh, some say Jehovah, but Y-H-W-H means I am that I am. <coughs> Excited, allergies. I am that I am. And there's no reference to gender in that name. But of course, in the Hebrew and in the uh, Christian scriptures across time, God's aspects are described in many ways. That depict power, vulnerability. Remember God in the Noah story with the rainbow, where God is like sad that God actually destroyed humanity and promises never to do it again. God is depicted as protection, as nurture, as wrath, as punishment, as the giver of life. God is theologized because that's what this is. This is humans wrestling with the God thing. It's humans doing the work of trying to understand the understandable, name the ineffable. This is theology. And God is depicted as complex, multifaceted, able to engage with humans in the space that exists in the way they need, maternal and paternal qualities, 
are ascribed to God by the people of God who first begin to know about God in the context of the relationships with their parents, the caregivers. So God is a mother protecting her young. God is a father teaching his son to walk. God is a mother bear. God is a good shepherd, a mother nursing her young, a passionate husband, a mother giving birth, and a male ruler of a kingdom. All of these aspects of God flow from the human imagination, from the theology in our minds and our hearts as we seek to understand our circumstances. And God invites us into a relationship in which God can be her multiple aspects and in which we can be our authentic selves. Wow. Elastic, generative, creative, imaginative, language for the God who is that we won't ever fully understand, the mystery that we seek to know we get to do that work together with God's blessing. I have a brother, I have several brothers. I got some brothers with some R names, Richard Jr., Ronald, Rodney, and Roderick. They named themselves Rich, Ron, Rod, and Rod. And I'll tell you what, those two Rods, the youngest two, when you say, hey Rod, I don't know how, but they know which one you mean, and that's the one that answers. Is it about the tone of voice? Are they magic? I don't know. But they hear their names, and they respond. I have another brother, Joey. This brother is made family. I've known Joey for years at Middle Church. He's a retired police officer, a detective who sacrificed his health on 9-11, on site trying to get folks who are alive out and then on site for months, helping families deal with the remains of their loved ones, the fragments of their lives. Joey was coming fully into joeyness when I first met him, changing pronouns. I remember hearing Joey talk about it differently. I remember the way it felt great to Joey to have me say his name in my mouth, with my mouth and my heart to say Joey and have him respond, to see him, to recognize him, to love him. He has introduced himself to me over and over again over time, evolving, showing more, telling more. I saw Joey a few weeks ago, handsome, skin glowing, beautiful, golden, a thick shock of gray hair, cut short, dancing eyes, a slimmer form, healthier from living a healthy or clean life out in the desert exercising, getting rid of the 9-11 toxins. I love Joey so much. And at times I stumbled, stumbled with language like I have with my friend Graham, like I have with my teammate Elise. I stumble and my tongue trips over my new learning, my new understanding, my emerging understanding. And when I get it right, when we get it right, it's fierce. It's fiercely loving to affirm that which we see, that which we are told, that which we are shown by our queer friends, our queer family. As Victor Hugo says, to love another person, I'm gonna say to name another person, the way they want to be named is to see the face of God. To see the face of God, who names herself for herself, 
who received a name from a black outsider who expects to be called on, prayed to in the ways that we feel good about, the ways that feel good in our mouth. My queer friends who say God is queer, I struggle with that at first, I'll be honest. If I say God is queer, will that sound weird to someone? who I'm trying to connect with, who I'm trying to reach out to, will they feel left out if I say that? I who think of God as a curvy black woman with dreadlocks, I who call God mama, mother, poppy, auntie, titi, holy friend, creator, redeemer, sustainer, I who call God ever loving, I who make up a new name for God depending on what time of day it is. In the freedom of myself and the freedom of my theological wrestling, I know that no matter what I call God, she shows up, she listens, she loves the naming, delights in the naming, delights in the way I claim her. She wants to be seen and known and loved. She is intim intimately connected to me, to you, to joy, to my brothers in all their R's, all the rods, like she was to Hagar and Sarah and Abraham and their progeny. I have to say, I have been queered in my 30 years of ministry. My, my siblings have changed me, transformed me. Joey has changed me. Elise, Graham, Wesley, Matt, Ivan, Sherry, Zen, changed me. Of course God is queer. God who is Yahweh and Elohim and Elroy and El Shaddai, of course God is as queer as she needs to be, wants to be. To, to be in conversation with my siblings, named by the ones she loves, the ones she named, the ones who named themselves, the ones who named themselves. Why does this matter? Because my queer friends, my non-binary, genderqueer, trans, gay, bisexual, questioning, lesbian, intersex, my friends are created in the image of God and they get to name themselves and they get to name the God who loves us all. God invites that, maybe even demands that. The theological wrestling, the intimacy, the dancing, the imaginative relating that makes us partners with God in the healing of the world. Who shall I say is sending me? Moses said. The God of many breasts, honey, was sending Sarah and Abraham into a new covenant. I'm here to say there is power in naming, there is love in naming, and there is harm and violence, okay, in misnaming. Pronouns matter, names matter, language matters. Our siblings can get hurt by those of us who are fiercely loving when we aren't careful, we can be loving better. And in this fiercely loving community, in this Pride Month and always, I want us to be students of our queer siblings experience. What does Joey want to be called? How does Elise name themselves? How do we best participate in the liberation of our queer family? This is not only the work to do. I mean, it's not just about naming. We have to fight for 
justice, overturn policies that discriminate. We must listen, learn, and understand. But on the way to all of that, we must love, period. I, I don't want you signing petitions about what's happening in Arizona, but not taking time to be in dialogue with the queer folk in your neighborhood, in your family, about what they need from us to feel loved. And I want us to be thinking this as well. Just one more thought. That the God who has many aspects has created us with many aspects. And language fails that. Earlier in the week, I was saying, I've got maleness and femaleness, but can you hear the binary? The Jackie. What happens? How do we think about the fluidity of our gender, the many ways we are who we are sexually? How do we think about coming out to our own multiple facets to our own queerness. What happens if we liberate ourselves, own ourselves? What kind of compassion does that grow rather than projecting rigidity on others because we don't want to look at what might be blurred, blended? multiple parts in ourselves. What happens if we consider the inadequacy of the binary, not only in our friends, not only in our relationships, but also in our own experience. As we grow in faith, as we let our God grow up, as we let our God grow up, we will find Yahweh, El Shaddai, Elohim, Mama, Titi, Auntie, Papi, Daddy, Brother, Sister, Mother, moon, earth, God. And this is how we march for pride. It's not on the last Sunday of June. It's the road we decide to take every day, every day toward new understandings in love, in love, period. May it be so. middle family it's joey morelli coming to you from sunny sedona arizona my pronouns are he him his i received an email a few months ago from middle collegiate church congratulating me on being a member for seven years i smile but pause to reflect on the tremendous impact being part of the middle family has had on my life so here's my message to you today i am a retired law enforcement officer and a transgender man Two identities that are not popular in this country right now. Did you know that there are 117 bills in 33 states, Arizona being one of them, trying to make transgender, gender non-conforming, non-binary individuals invisible? In a global pandemic, we had the highest number of black trans women killed since 2013. Despite opposition against me and my community, I have been a voice of one in rural white America 
on these subjects and chose to finally have gender affirming surgery. I also took a hard stance against my law enforcement siblings for murdering my black and brown bodied siblings. I disconnected myself from my law enforcement organizations and law enforcement siblings that did, did not align with my beliefs. Did I do this because I'm a great human being? No, I accomplished this because I am part of this movement and this middle family. I have listened and learned from my big sister, Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis and the Revolutionary Conference and witnessed some of the amazing work that so many of you are doing. You have taught me about the intersectionalities of all the issues of all marginalized communities in this country. You gave me the tools, the resources, the intestinal fortitude to be me and part of this movement. And you have seen and heard me, but the greatest gift has been the steadfast affirming and unconditional love for a guy like me. I need you, we need you in these hot mess times. Join us country to country, coast to coast, and learn to put into practice in your community how to change hate to love, injustice to justice, inequality to equality. You may be one we have been waiting for, but also ask yourself, have you been searching and waiting for us? Join today, bring your gifts, talents, and voices and your monetary donations. Here's how you can give. I love you, middle family. We are ready, Lord, for you to come out, out of the closet that we put you for your awesomeness is simply too awesome to be bounded by old and new testament we are ready lord for you to come out out of the closet that we put you To be bounded by old and new testament.
Will you pray with me? God, we give you thanks for this wonderful day. We give you thanks for the many gifts that have been graciously brought into your house of worship, into your sanctuary, into your church on this Sunday morning. God, we give you thanks for all of the time, all of the talents and all of the treasures that have went into making this worship today what it was and what it has been, allowing us the opportunity to get closer to you, to get to know you in deeper and more profound ways. God, I just pray that you would just meet us wherever we are, that you would place your hand of grace on each and every person under the sound of my voice on this morning, that we would be certain that you are with us, that you love us, and that you will make all things work together for the good of those who love you and are called by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
you beautiful, amazing, awesome creature are created in the image of a multifaceted, incredibly diverse panoply of personality and aspect that is God. God of love, God of light, God of shelter, God of rock in a weary land, God of many breasts, God who will cause what God will cause, Yahweh. You get to name God the way you want to name God and you get to name you the way you want to be named. And our job is to see you and love you and honor you. See you and love you and honor you. See you and love you and honor you. Go in the world with your beautiful, shiny badassery and peace be with you now and always. Amen.